2: Rush Limbaugh shared his comedy for years. Now, you'll hear it here. It's the Rob Carson Show.
3: Hour number two of the Rob Carson Show. We have much to get to, including much more on uh, the uh, Twitter files that's going. And I'll tell you, I'm really enjoying being on Twitter for the first time ever, ever, ever. Because uh, (laughs) it's it's interesting to see those who have been in charge of Twitter for so long. They'll start to uh, trend something like... Trump is going to jail, and you know, it'll be trending on Twitter, you know. Uh, but now you see other things trending on Twitter that are kind of like conservative, and we're actually having a uh, a dialogue. It's kind of funny. Let's see what's on here uh, trending. I'm going to hit the home and the refreshy loo here. Uh, let's see what's trending on Twitter right now. Mike Leach. I don't know what that is all about. Invasion. Hard to tell. Tesla. Sure. Branch COVIDians. <laughs> <laughs> branch covidians I like that actually <laughs> branch covidians but it's kind of interesting um the uh uh oh 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 this is funny cuz Elon Musk when he uh, tweeted out that uh, uh, Anthony Fauci, he said his pronouns were uh, Fauci and prosecute. He, uh, he tweeted again, he says, the branch Covidians are upset, which, which means he's making fun of people who uh, marched in lockstep and considered uh, Anthony Fauci their god for uh, a while during the COVID lockdowns and uh, subsequent destruction of uh, thousands and thousands of businesses and people's lives and children's lives. And I know this because I have two of them. I know two kids who suffered because of the idiotic lockdowns and, and, you know, to add insult to injury, you couldn't comment about it on Facebook or Twitter. It's kind of like that father whose daughter was raped by a transgendered person in a bathroom in Northern Virginia. And he goes to the school meeting, the school board meeting to complain, and he's taken down by authorities. It's kind of like that. It's kind of like that. I have a son who just graduated from the university of kansas he graduated with honors he has a job with a fantastic accounting firm and he missed two years of his college experience and it impacted him greatly my daughter was home at home with no schooling at all for six months then when she went back it was it was uh, it was online then it was hybrid and they didn't take the mask off for a year more than a year people i remember just just less than a year ago going to pick her up from school and the kids leaving school, walking away from the school, even even hundreds of yards away from the school, walking by themselves, had the masks on. It's really amazing. And something that's starting to trend on social media is something that I've been saying for, well, at least two years. All the way back to the beginning of COVID, when I saw all these things happening, I said, there will have to be neuromerg trials for this. There will have to be Nuremberg trials for this nonsense. And it's all about everything. Everything that you you wondered why you couldn't say that. Why, can, why can't I criticize Black Lives Matter? Why can't I criticize? Why can't I ask where COVID was made? Why? Is, isn't that a logical question? You want to know who did it? Honestly, why, why couldn't I question the 2020 election? Why couldn't I question anything? Why couldn't? Why? And I said the only reason is because there is there's only one thing that could command that kind of thought policing and it is government and it is well we found out the DHS they created a department of disinformation and the government decided what was true and what was false in its eyes didn't mean that what they were promoting was truthful it was just their truth it's just remarkable when you think about it but the great thing is it's all coming out and then i saw over the weekend that abc cbs nbc are not covering it and you know what i don't even care because they're the same people who force this nonsense down our throats and they're so ungodly irrelevant they're like baghdad bob remember baghdad bob We were uh, coming into Baghdad, our troops were taking over, and they continued to defend their regime at all costs and ignore what was really happening. And that is what ABC, CBS, and NBC are. are. And that is what PBS and NPR are. And that is what the New York Times and all of that. And, And none of them matter at all because they're tools of the state, and this is all going to, it is hitting the fan. And all of them, they will be exposed for their malfeasance. They will. It's going to happen. Nobody believes them. And it's going to reach so far, it'll be breathtaking, to be quite honest. The latest Twitter fires reveal the FBI nudged Twitter to censor conservatives who alleged electoral fraud. Well, that's weird. That's kind of weird. While staffers discussed punishing ex-Arkansas Governor Mike Huckabee over a joke. Yeah. Yeah. Twitter's head of moderation acknowledges the gag, but says the that Huckabee literally admitted to a crime. We'll get to that in a second. But federal authorities nudged Twitter's content moderation leader, Yoel Roth, to suppress the First Amendment rights of conservative commenter, commenters who pushed the idea of fraud during the 2020 uh, presidential election and afterwards. You couldn't comment about it. Isn't that weird? They said literally the day after the election you couldn't question election improprieties. They did. Now, am I saying that 2020 was stolen? No, 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 I'm not saying that. You can't see winks on the air. But I'll tell you, uh, you make up your mind, and I'll just present the facts. I've already made up my mind. Um, Here's the thing about, by the way, Huckabee. Mike Huckabee joked that uh, he stood in the rain for an hour to vote early when i got home i filled my stack of mail-in ballots and then voted the ballots of my deceased parents and grandparents they vote just like me hashtag trump 2020 one twitter staffer said putting this tweet on everyone's radar this appears to be a joke but other people might believe it can you weigh in on this uh, noel ross said in the conversation it's a joke but also says that huckabee is literally admitting to uh, in a tweet to a crime Another stabber said the thrust of the joke seems to be that mail-in ballots are for fraudulent votes. So I could see an argument for our mail-in voting label, but absent confusion, I'd be inclined to leave the joke alone. They wanted to ban him for that. Matt Taibbi said in October of 2020, Twitter executives created a Slack chat room devoted to high-profile moderation actions related to the election, which was then a month away. The FBI was meeting with Twitter to talk about any allegations of impropriety being false before the election <laughs> they were setting the table they were setting the table so then, if you criticize what happened then you could be taken down they were working it it's so amazing some of the most intriguing documents relate to the apparent cozy relationship between top Twitter executives, the FBI, though Ta- Taibi did not uh, uh, reveal, uh, reveal any direct evidence of the agency's intervention to ban Trump. One message from an un- unidentified Twitter staffer appears to acknowledge the historic nature of the ban of Donald Trump. Is this the first head of state this has happened to? One of the group exchange uh, also hints at a broader role of the FBI and the DHS in Twitter's approach to moderating misinformation. And they did, by the way, with uh, Hunter Biden's laptop. And they did it before the 2020 election. Here is uh, Rudy Giuliani. Did a terrific interview on Newsmax this weekend. And Rudy Giuliani. I want to think about what happened to Rudy Giuliani. Rudy Giuliani turned New York City around. He made it a uh, uh, w- the great city that it once was, as far as crime is concerned. And and uh, and he and he also uh, raised in New York City. R A I S E.D., not R-A-Z-E-D. Uh, he raised New York City to new uh, levels after 9-11 and led people through that crisis. He did. But he became a, uh, a pariah. He was even on Dancing with the Stars, and when he took his, his or not Dancing with the Stars, uh, was a mask singer. And when he took his mask off, two of the judges walked off because they think that, uh, that Rudy Giuliani is somehow evil. And the people who said that Rudy Giuliani was evil were, well, the Biden administration, the deep state, Twitter, Facebook. But here is uh, here is uh, Rudy Giuliani talking about the suppression of Hunter Biden's laptop, the biggest scandal ever in the history of, of American politics with regard to the first family and uh, censorship. Rudy Giuliani. Well, you know, I've been living with this for three
0: and a half years when I fr- first put out the information about Biden's bribery in Ukraine. And I lived through that. I got up every morning from the first moment I got that hard drive saying to myself, how can I get this to my fellow citizens? Because uh, you just read a, uh, just a little bit of it, you realize the candidate of the Democrat Party. Was a-
3: CBS Television, CBS Network, just admitted the laptop was real a few weeks ago. Rudy Giuliani do it three and a half years ago.
0: A lifelong criminal. And, I mean, there are 50, 60 crimes outlined there. And I'm not saying that lightly. I mean, I spent my life prosecuting criminals. Now I know crime. I know Rico as the first one to prosecute it successfully. He's a denier. There are several racketeering cases in which Joe Biden would be similar to the head of an organized crime family. He took millions of dollars in bribes. Millions. Yeah. This is the, this is the biggest corruption case that I can find in the history of this country, and it's be, it was covered up.
3: Yeah. Here's a little more from uh, Rudy Giuliani, demonized by the Biden administration in social media and the mainstream media.
4: Do you believe this is criminal behavior when you see this sort of concerted effort uh, by and in some of the emails that suggests Rudy, that, you know, you see uh, work with the FBI, uh, with the DHS, uh, with the Defense Intelligence Agency, having consistent meetings with Twitter, huh? and then they are finding ways to sort of suppress President Trump and other conservatives. Sure, Is sure, you do believe? Why do you believe it rises to criminal?
0: Well, I think it began to be criminal uh, the day that Hillary Clinton paid for the misinformation regarding Russia. That would be in 2015. She paid a million point one to develop a story to frame an innocent man. <laughs> when that innocent man what? became the president and they continued to pursue the story, Including every one of those January 6th committee member phonies, yeah. who were big parts of this, by the way. Yeah. It's a joke to watch them put out a report on January 6th when they should be in jail for trying to organize a coup against the president. Oh, yeah. Those are the people who floated the purchased false story of Russian collusion.
3: Yeah, there you go. There is that. So it wasn't just the Biden administration. The deep state's been a part of this for a very long time, and Donald Trump was the biggest threat to all of it. He was. He was the biggest threat to all of it. An outsider coming into Washington, D.C., saying that he was going to turn things upside down, and he did. And they have, listen about that, they have for seven years been going after him, the deep staters. And now we know it was a coordinated effort. Here is uh, Rudy Giuliani talking about uh, Peter Strzok who worked for the FBI, no longer does, and, and said basically there was an insurance policy against Trump being elected, by the way. James Comey, the former uh, head of the FBI who left, and Jim Baker, who was the chief counsel of the FBI and, uh, and was a part of the, uh, the effort to shut down Hunter Biden's laptop story. And then he went to Twitter. That's where he went. He went from the FBI to Twitter. And uh, just recently, um, Elon Musk fired him because he was in charge of censoring the first round of Twittergate files. Here is Rudy Giuliani on those guys. How many
0: perjuries were committed? You know, this guy, Baker, who organized this Twitter thing? He should have been in jail two years earlier if Barr had the courage to prosecute him. Why would
3: the. Yeah, Barr is a big phony, by the way.
0: FBI guys let go. (laughs) Struck, Comey. Comey committed out and out perjury four times.
3: Yeah, yeah. And uh, Rudy Giuliani says he had enough to prosecute Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, in 2019. Of course, Comey says he was innocent. That's a joke.
4: Well, that's why, and, that's and why by I, the way, I can't wait to see what the Republicans uncover, too, uh, being able to now be oh, able and to I get think, records. I think and, guys,
0: this is not the Senate. This is not the weak, frightened, except for Johnson and Grassley Senate, who could have revealed this, you know, several years ago. Yeah. I had this whole thing, basically, or let's say half of it, certainly enough to prosecute in 2019. Mm-hmm. I gave it to Hannity in early 2019, then to John Solomon, then to Mike Pompeo who also buried it, and you should know that now that he's running for president, and I'll tell you the whole story of that at some point. I'll write it out. And then Barr buried it in January of 2020, and I didn't know that Barr had the hard drive.
3: Yeah, there you go. You've been played. <laughs> I mean, I mean, at least they, they think they played you, but you knew in the back of your mind that something was going on, and now it's all coming out just in time for Christmas. More audio on the way. Miranda Devine of the New York Post. Uh, your thoughts as well here, guys. And I want to get into uh, the election in Arizona. I want to get into the uh, swap of uh, the uh, a merchant of death for Brittany Griner and the reaction to it on... Uh, <laughs> On TV this weekend, 800-922-6680. This is the Rob Carson Show.
2: We the people are mad as hell. It's the Rob Carson Show.
3: Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. And a happy new year. The ultimate Christmas gift has been given to us by Elon Musk. And I think you're going to find out. And the reason why I'm spending so much time on it today is because it... It really, uh, the most important thing in the world, I believe, as far as rights are concerned, is the right to uh, a freedom of religion and freedom of speech. And because we have the First Amendment, I believe that the First Amendment in combination with the enforcement of the Second Amendment has made us into the greatest engine of individual and economic freedom of all time. And for the first time in history, freedom of speech had been uh, quantified and the right was afforded, uh, not afforded by government, but God, and uh, and and made into policy. <clears throat> and so, it's so important to know because this government that supposedly honors the First Amendment really, really became very much like China, and it impacted. Uh, conservatives particularly, but uh, the news cycle, what is true, what is false, the government deciding it, and when the government decides what is truth, I mean, it's over. It is absolutely over. Um, before we launch into a little bit more of uh, you know, a white-hot uh, Elon Musk action here, I did uh, talk to my friend Jim Gossett this weekend, and I said, you know, we need to put together, a, and I thought of a song that I had heard before. I said, we need to put together an all-encapsulating, um, uh, I guess, uh, way to express all of the ways we've been played or the government thought they were playing you from the last couple of years and he came up with this arizona yes
5: and corona
3: yeah can't talk about it. all
5: the lies about them they've been telling you yeah how did they win it hmm the freaking senate (laughs) when the votes that they received were very few kind of weird don't catch the stupid don't buy their bs that climate change is real inflation's not don't catch the stupid. Don't believe them. Because distraction and diversion's all they got. We all know that Hurricane Ian was the result of global warming. Russian collusion led to confusion. January 6th is a smokescreen. Mm-hmm. The new green deal is a disguise deal. Sure. Like their mandate forcing you to take vaccine. Don't catch the stupid. You just can't do it. That in women's sports, men should compete. Oh, yeah, there's that. They're teaching sex ed. Oh, yeah. and kindergarten oh, yes. their destructive policies we must defeat mm-hmm. like wear a mask don't wear a mask statues are fallen it's so appalling to ignore hunter's laptop and his stack don't catch the stupid rejected nonsense everything is stupid on the land
3: wow wow that, that is spectacular uh, by the way, this, uh, this show is, uh, the only, uh, approved version of, uh, the vaccine for the stupid allowed and it's officially approved by me. So there you go. That's all you need to do. Uh, let's go real quick to <laughs> Randall in Pacific Grove, California. Randall, how you doing, my friend? Merry Christmas. What's going on?
6: Yeah, Merry Christmas. Um, uh, San Francisco mayor's office is very, very seriously harassing Elon Musk right now really, really bad. They're pulling up yeah. all kinds of pseudo-ordinances. and they're, I, I predicted this, remember? Yeah. Remember I yeah. told you they were going to do this. They're not going to quit have her time. In a, so uh, they have a big offices in Atlanta. they got big offices in Detroit. There's a lot of convenient ways you could just kind of just like politely give her the finger or
3: whatever. Yeah. Yeah, you know? I agree. Well, I knew that they were going after him with regard to having a... Uh, uh, they they furnished a little apartment or two there so you wouldn't have to go out into the, uh, the fentanyl-addicted, homeless, uh, violent city of uh, San Francisco. Instead of going home, you could stay overnight at the company a couple times. And San Francisco is going after it. It's the same thing that Letitia James did to uh, Donald Trump in New York. It's using well, uh, law enforcement, it's using the administrative state to go after your political enemies. It's bullcrap and it's going to collapse.
6: It will collapse. A lot of times when I was work in 24 hours like uh, either split shift or graveyard or else even a college if i uh, stayed in so late i woke up i fell asleep and woke up in the student center at midnight i've fallen asleep when i work really 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 hard i don't yeah do but the left is the going
3: right. to do anything they can to use the administrative state to go after conservatives that's what they're trying right now it's going to mm-hmm. it's going to fail they got a couple of uh, of uh I guess, uh, the charges, uh, that uh, six, six things that the Trump administration supposedly found guilty of in the state of New York. One was like one of their executives had a a car, a company car, and it wasn't fully written off of their income tax. It was nonsense. Nonsense, minutiae, all of that stuff. Coming up, a conservative comedian who is uh, constantly under attack. I know what it feels like. And then some great audio from Miranda Devine. And then we'll talk about the Arizona elections and your phone calls. This is a Monday edition of The Rob Carson Show. Don't go anywhere. of abuses and usurpations do you not understand? It's the Rob Carson Show. I was sitting watching uh, Die Hard last night. And I, uh, I, you know, listening to uh, uh, this song, "Christmas in Hollis." By the way, one of the greatest Christmas songs ever done, Run DMC, nineteen eighty-eight, and uh, they sampled "Backdoor Santa," which is even funnier. And uh, and in the in the limousine with Argyle, there yeah, That's the song that came up as he's driving to Nakatomi Plaza. Specta- and by the way, one other real quick note: I saw last night. I wish I would have ordered one of these ahead of time. They have these uh, Nakatomi uh, Plaza um, Advent calendars. Where you can, um, you can. It it actually has uh, Hans Gruber falling off the Nakatobi a building and uh, each one of the things is an advent calendar and i know he whatever crossing the streams as far as christianity just funny but hans gruber uh i just i have a new respect for uh alan rickman's character in that movie that i would venture to say greatest movie villain of all time you got to see it again uh, we got a comedian on the phone stand-up comic uh, also ceo of uncancelable records dang funny guy uh, aaron berg joins us on the uh, newsmax hotline aaron how you doing today man
7: I'm good, Rob. How are you? Nice, I'm good. Uh, nice leading, talking about one of the greatest Christmas movies ever made. Thank
3: you, Aaron. I got to tell you, I watched it again. I watched it again for the first time last yeah. night, <laughs> and you know what? Hey, first of all, all debate about a Christmas movie—it's over. Uh, if you watch it again and you can watch the closing credits, the final scene—it's a Christmas movie. There's no doubt it's about
7: it. It's a Christmas movie, and it's, yes. and it's golden days. Bruce Willis. Now, a lot of people oh, say God. I look like Bruce Willis but better looking, and I still have my mental capacity. But it's <laughs> yeah, uh, so it's still great. fun to watch him. He's such a great action hero. You're Actually, even more jacked.
3: A but you're a little more I mean, jacked than Bruce Willis. Yeah. I, I mean, I tried to
7: improve upon what he already made, but I think that middle-aged white guy action heroes They're, they're <laughs> very undersold nowadays. Absolutely. I'm waiting for, like, White Panther with Bruce
3: Willis. White Panther. Did you see that uh, Black Panther kind of did a face plant at the box office? I think it was because so many organizations, like on, uh, on university campuses, were saying that we're going to have a private screening and Whitey is not allowed. Do you suppose that might have had something to do with the, with, the, with the movie not doing as well at the box office telling people that you can't go see it if you're white?
7: Yeah. I, I, and it's also a lot of, remember when movies, and people would see movies because they were good, not just because they were playing like ethnic politics. Yes. That's when I like movies. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've been in some classics. You ever see Detroit Rock City? Very overlooked for the Oscars. My appearance as the bartender in the male strip club was phenomenal. You could watch it.
3: I'll, I'll have to watch i'll have to check it out now i was watching uh looking at your twitter feed <clears throat> over the uh over the weekend and uh you had a big uh, walkout and a recent appearance um a lot of people i don't understand how you can walk out on a stand-up com- comedian because generally you go to see a stand-up comedian and uh, if you already know they're offensive or whatever i i would assume this isn't <clears throat> an organized walkout some sort of a political message what exactly happened and where did it happen
7: yeah, I was at a Gotham Comedy Club in New York City, and a lot of people think New York City is like a uh, very liberal. But most people that go to comedy clubs are like old school liberal. They they don't mind being offended. They like freedom of speech. It's a joke I've done hundreds of times. So I'm at a weird uh, bypass point. I, I'm I'm working on a Saturday night. I do eight sets. I currently hold the world record. I've done 25 shows in one night in New York City. My, My special 25 Lord. sets is on Amazon Prime. And you know, you're a comic, it's insane. That's an insane number of shows to do. So eight is a lot, so I'm killing all night. I get to number seven at Gotham. I'm crushing for 10 minutes. There's an old guy from Florida in the front row. I call him Liberace. I'm surprised he's straight. It blows my mind. Then I do this joke that I do all the time, where I say my wife wife and I get into some freaky stuff. I choke my wife sometimes, sometimes during relations too. And when we first met, I'd be very gentle. And now we've been married six years. I really lean into it, and I choke her, and I'm like, come on, die. And then I kneel on her neck like I'm a cop in Minneapolis. And
3: And then, of course, the...
7: Yeah. Mm -hmm. It blew the rumor. And it usually kills, but this night, there were some people that were looking to stir it up. And it was... uh, You know, I think about maybe 10 people walked out and they all started following suit and there was like a lot of white Karen vibes happening. And uh, these people don't know that by doing this, they're really helping shock or edgy comedy.
3: Well, you know, and and then... <clears throat> well, you know, your that that rave for you, uh, I recognize the absurdity of it because uh, you are being absurd when you say it. you're you're not you don't actually uh, you know believe these things necessarily, but you have to get a re, you have to get a reaction to it. You people are going that you know you're saying that you're it, it's so over the top. Like, like Dave Chappelle, it, you know Dave Chappelle, he said like I, I saw it, it was sticks and studs, I think, and he did this bit yeah. on on Michael Jackson, and it was ungodly offensive. And you know what? Yeah. It's cool. You know why? Because uh, the the First event was created to protect unpopular speech, and and you know it, I did I find him talking about Michael Jackson uh, and children and child molestation I find it offensive. Oh hell yeah! Was it my was it my bag baby? Uh, not necessarily, but you know it was part of his deal, and I know what to expect from Dave Chappelle, and I would never shut him up. I would never shut him up. And, and if these people don't like you, they wouldn't have been in the audience. But this is yeah. this is they want to attract attention. They want to bring you down. They want instead of just disagreeing with you, they want to make that you. Well, what they've been saying is that, you know, this Department of Disinformation, they want to declare your speech verboten and unacceptable. That's what they're doing, Aaron.
7: But these are people that would be. First of all, the joke is not about, quote, unquote, George Floyd, which they made it about. They started yelling. It could it could be, you know, it's about a specific instance but i've got way worse jokes about that same topic and by the way i went to the george floyd memorial and i doubt that most of the people in the audience actually did i went to see it because I was in minnesota and there's nothing else to do except ice fish and <laughs> these people get upset because they just want to be upset and they want to put on a show and i don't think that they knew i was going to twist it and turn it around you know i'm selling more tickets for my road dates now Because of it. So I don't think that they know what they're doing. And then these people that think they're all, oh, I'm free speech, but just not this. And then all of a sudden, it's like people start going after them on Twitter. They're the first ones to lock their Twitter accounts and go private. It's amazing to watch the irony of it.
3: Now, I, I've been writing conservative comedy. I started writing for Rush Limbaugh in 1989, right out of college. And uh, I, I I essentially, <clears throat> when I did that, I signed my death warrant as far as being able to ever host late night or being on Comedy Central. It was over. Right. And, I've, and I have several examples throughout my career that I, you know, got a call from somebody, where have you been? And then they find out I write for Limbaugh. And it's over. It took Newsmax Television to give me an opportunity to be a commentator and a comedian. And it's yeah. glorious. But what, tell me? Me about your your uh uh, would you, what do you consider yourself? To be? I don't want to pigeonhole you, blah blah blah, whatever. But what do you? Where do you consider yourself on the on the political spectrum? Yeah, are you like I, libertarian, I mean, I, leading conservative kind? of? Is no, that what you're?
1: I'll, I'll tell what I'll are
3: you?
7: Precisely, I moved here from Canada ten years ago, so right. I'm a, I'm a legal immigrant. I just became an American citizen on March 18th. So I have a great deal of respect for the system and how hard it is to work your way into the system legally. So that was my first uh, stance in terms of being anything political, because if you go, Oh, I'm i I'm a legal immigrant. I am pro legal immigration, which then people take, Oh, you hate illegal immigrants. a legal immigrant immediately. Wow. Uh, and then from there, I have a kid, my kid goes to school, I make money, I pay taxes. So you start to lean more Republican as you get older and you start to succeed. But you know, when I was younger, I was much more of an outdated type of liberal, and now, now that I've gotten older, it's changed. So, you know, I'm a registered Republican, and I have no shame in admitting that.
3: Let me ask you this because I, you know I just uh, we started the syndicated show a little over a year ago, and it 's really blowing up and when you when you start to get it following, when you really start to start reaching people, you become a much bigger target Aaron and this is tough it it can be real tough i'm really glad that this happened at this stage of my life because right now I mean I look at I, I get stimulated by criticism because it gives me an opportunity to rebuff what they're saying, but how do you every day do what you do? And what sort of slings and arrows are you getting hurled at you from uh, radicals in this country?
7: I think, uh, you know, being in comedy in New York, is, is, it's a very difficult thing. And I've talked to Jim Gaffigan about this. And, you know, Jim, I think, was very right-leaning for a while, and then he had a seismic shift in the middle of the Trump presidency and at the end of the Trump presidency. But Jim and I had talked about this, and, you know, he'd seen people coming after me because some of my more right-leaning beliefs, and he said the beauty of comedy in New York was that there were always different people. There were different uh, comics from different political spectrums, and it would titillate conversation. And I don't think my comedy leans necessarily conservative. But I think I walk that tight wire of talking about both these things. And and there's a real drought of that in comedy, which is why you see, you know, there's a lot of quote unquote grifters that are able to succeed in conservative comedy that aren't that funny and aren't that seasoned. Because there's such a demand for it, and and you must have seen that too. Like, I'm oh, sure. dude, th-
3: this is the golden age, <clears throat> and we're we're just beginning to see the beginning of it, Aaron. We, we, well, of course, you always see the beginning at the beginning, but but this is going to be a go- this is going to an usher in a golden age of, of conservative comedy. Uh, literally, 1996, I was in Minneapolis, and there was a left wing leading rag up there called City Pages, and they did a, an article on me, and it said, "Yes, Virginia, conservatives can be funny." So I've been doing funny yeah. for a long time, but conservatives not have been allowed to be funny. You see what's happening with Gutfeld? Gutfeld's a pretty funny guy. Gutfeld is beating late night without big bands, without big actors, with all of that stuff. Because we are finally able to, uh, and, and you got a couple things going there. A, the rise of conservative comedy because it's been sequestered, and B, the domination of late night and the dramatic move to the left during late night that put... You know, has Johnny Carson spinning in his crave. So I think this is a, a golden, we're, we're ushering in a, a golden era of conservative comedy. But not only that, but freedom of expression, a return of freedom of expression to the stage, you
1: know?
7: I agree. The, the very rebellious nature of stand is to push back against the mainstream. And now, because there is a Democratic Party in control, if you want to use the term control, uh, Speaking about Joe Biden, which is very difficult to do. It's a pushback for now, and and I don't like to use that phrase that people did, where they're like conservatism is the new punk rock. It's not. There's nothing really punk rock about conservatism. <laughs> yes. But yes. It, it is a pushback, and because yeah. like if I go on a show like the other night, and I was the only guy that you know, sometimes I'll open with, "Hey, I'm white. I'm a man. I'm sorry. It's my parents' fault. They were both Christopher Christopher Columbus. They were gay." But if I open with something like that, and I'm so out compared yes. to the rest of the show, which is a lot of, like, Indian woman, Indian woman, black dude, trans lady, then, oh, just a uh, white, mostly straight guy. I winked at you when I said that. Um, yeah. it, it's amazing <laughs> to watch the, the pushback and to see how we've kind of become these new renegades in the world of comedy yeah. where everything yeah. is kind of safe and left meaning.
3: Aaron, can you hold on a second? I want to hold you through the uh, break. Can you do that? Would you mind? I can do that. All right, bro. Uh, we are talking to Aaron Berg. He's a stand-up comedian. And uh, we've got, I've got much I want to ask him. I want to ask him next about what he thinks about Elon Musk and these uh, Twitter files. I think they're fantastic. Let's take a break. You are listening to The Rob Carson Show. Time to put critical race theory in critical condition. It's The
8: Rob Carson Show.
3: And there's Backdoor Santa which is sampled by Run DMC and Christmas and Hollis. Thank you very much. Yeah, I did morning radio and music radio for 20-plus years, so I know these things. Call me back, no Santa. I have a feeling that uh, this is uh, probably, if Aaron Berg is going to go toward Christmas music, this would be one of his favorites. Aaron Berg joins us on the phone. How you doing, bud? Uh, Let me ask you, that, Aaron, I noticed on your Twitter feed you're seeing, like, oh, suddenly you're getting a uh, reaction suddenly you're getting retweets sending this th- check this out but uh, so i have uh, i'm i'm just this morning facebook after two years has given me post insights they got rid of one of my pages the day after the election it disappeared for a year it reappeared without explanation and then today for some reason i'm able to see post insights that i've not been able to see my twitter following is in- beginning to grow it's kind of nuts have you noticed some stuff going on since uh, elon musk took over twitter
7: you think that this is all because of the spaceship man don't you uh- <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. I say th- I don't know. I mean, I'm getting some weird spam where it says you're verified, you're going to lose your verification because you you were verified without paying for it. I think that's false. I think it's good. I think Musk is hilarious. I mean, not not on Saturday night live and probably would stink doing stand up. But I think on Twitter he's really mastered the form. I think as a troll he's really funny. I haven't seen a difference. You know, I I always play by the rules with them. I I wouldn't use the words you're not supposed to use. I wouldn't get kicked off. I wouldn't get suspended. But you know, I I see that people think now. You know, it's a huge garbagey cesspool. I'm out of here. Those people are all keeping all to count. Aaron, you were playing garbage fire,
3: dude. You were playing by their rules. You were doing what they wanted to do, and they did it to yeah. me too. And, and you know, you've got a million people when you when you look at your speech and you go, "What can I say that won't get me kicked off YouTube?" I mean, what the hell? That, that's you, nuts.
7: The internet is where you used to go to find the darkest, dirtiest stuff, and now you can't. You yeah. have to do it. You have to do it live. Like I'll go and you, I haven't figured out how to do these algorithms. I don't even know what an algorithm is. It's just like a weird Jewish name guy from Brooklyn or something like that. <laughs> algorithm. Uh, yes. Yeah, sounds like a bad rapper name. Yes. I, I haven't figured it out at all. So I don't know what these guys are doing. I don't know how to blow up. I don't know how to get viral. I know if I get a beer can thrown at me, I'll probably get on Jimmy Kimmel's show. Yes. But I, don't know, I don't know how it works.
3: I, well, neither do I but, I, but I'm learning a lot about it. And the more that I discover, the more I realize how much. Like, for instance, I, I mentioned I, I, I was on 29 pages. A conservative guy paid $250,000 for 19 million followers. And the Facebook took it away on October 31st, 2018. Just disappeared. All of his money, wow. no money refunded none of that. So I've been I've been going through this a lot. You uh, you know, like so many people, you're trying to reach people and you you know that a lot of people go to Twitter for that, and you know what Twitter will do to shut you down so you played by their rules. And a lot of people did that. and and to me right now what what he, uh, you know, what what Elon Musk is doing is very liberating because I'm not getting flagged anymore. And I'm yeah. seeing post engagement, things like that.
7: Is Trump back on? Has Trump tweeted yet? Or is
3: he, he You know what? I think the reason why he's not is because he owns Truth Social. And I don't think he wants to. I'd love to see Trump back on Twitter. Um, but he's got his own platform. He's trying to make money. He's trying to make money on it. So um, let me ask you this before we, before we wrap things up. Um, uh, what's what? What is going on with you? Are you going to be uh, doing uh, a lot of Christmas stuff? Are you going to be uh, doing more? Th- I wish I would have seen. I was in New York uh, about a week ago, and I if you were at uh, if I would have known you were there, I would have come and seen you.
7: Yeah, let me know when you come back, and I'll I'll show you around. We'll go look at all the heroin and feces in the streets. Oh, I love and, it. Uh, we'll go to the big tree. <laughs> I got uh, Christmas set up here. I'm uh, I'm I'm Jewish as well. Don't let Kanye know. But uh, we got a menorah here, we got yes. three, I was up on the roof the other day, and it's ironic because I'm Jewish, so I thought if I fell, I would have to sue myself. Um, and then uh, I'm touring like crazy, I'll be in Toronto this week at uh, Yuck Yuck, and then uh, me and Louis J. Gomez have a tour called the Offend Everyone Tour, so that's happening this week and all of January, we're in uh, Minneapolis, we're in Phoenix, we're Love in Cuyahoga Falls, Ohio, and then I start my own tour in February called No Lap Left, Left Behind, and that goes February until uh, August.
3: I love it, Aaron. Aaron, I, I greatly appreciate you joining me, give me a little perspective today as a fellow uh I, I never did stand-up comedy, and the reason being I did about twenty years ago I had an interview with Dave Chappelle and I said, I wish i do what you for, do for a living. This is right before Chappelle's show. And he looked at me yeah. sitting here in the studio and he goes, I wish I did what you do for a living. Because being on the road is a bitch. Uh,
7: you know. So it's a gig you got, man. If you need a call, I know, bro. call. come on Dave. Hey, listen, and, uh, we're
3: so we're getting ready to we're getting ready to expand the T V show to an hour, so I want you as a panelist for sure, okay? you got
7: it. Please uh, keep in touch with me and uh, such a pleasure. Have a great holiday, man. Merry all right, very good. And
3: you can find you A-A, it's Aaron, Aaron, like uh, you know, uh, Key and Peel, aaronberg.com. You've also got a Patreon page. I'll put those all up on social media. God bless you, brother. Happy Hanukkah, and we'll talk again soon. Thank you. All right, let's take a break. You are listening to the Rob Carson Show.
2: This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station
3: 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader the station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, ten nine central on ABC, and stream on Hulu. Ah,
2: hmm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. Rush Limbaugh shared his comedy for years. Now, you'll hear it here. It's the Rob Carson Show.
3: Hour number three of the Rob Carson Show. I'm going to try and get a lot of stuff crammed into this hour, including a little bit more on Elon Musk. And the Twitter files, what's being uncovered, and it's earth-shattering, even though ABC, CBS, and NBC are not covering it. <clears throat> and it doesn't matter, because uh, they don't matter anymore. They don't matter anymore. Also, Carrie Lake, the 70-page lawsuit to throw out the fraudulent Arizona midterm election results, which has to happen. Uh, also, um, we've got some really good uh, uh, audio with regard to the Brittany, Brittany Griner trade for the merchant of death. And we even have some audio from The Merchant of Death and I likened it on Friday and I think quite accurately it would be like uh, uh, it would be like uh, trading uh, Joseph Mingala for Jesse Smollett essentially but because you think that we should have rescued a Marine that's been in, in Russian custody for four years over a trans—you know, not trans. Uh, well Some people have said she—I don't think she is. They don't do Russian prisons like that. If you have a pee you don't go into the Nina prison. I'll just tell you that. So, I no, I don't think she's a dude. Uh, and also, hard to believe, don't believe Michelle Obama is either. But anyway, <laughs> it's a joke. Relax. But, uh, but it is kind of funny. If you believe that uh, Brittany Griner should not have been exchanged because whatever, you are a homophobe and a racist and uh, all that stuff. So whatever. Who cares? And, and it's funny because she got on a plane. She immediately wanted to talk to the press because uh, book deal. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. And it won't sell any copies because nobody cares. I do want to mention something before we launch into everything. I did go to a a Christmas party over the uh, weekend. And this is a uh, a, a friend of, uh, you know, my family. And uh, we've been friends forever and a relative of my wife I won't get into. But generally, she and her father and her part of the family are very left of center. And, you know, I'm just kind of a punchline to them, whatever. But we went and I was told by my wife, of course, don't talk politics. And I'm like, you know what? I don't do that. Because when I am off the air now as a political pundit and talk show host, I'm off the clock. So if you come up to me at a party and you want to challenge me to my conservative beliefs, I'm going to say, eh, you know what, I'm off the clock. So how about the weather? That's what I do. But I'm at this uh, very left of center, told by everybody, don't say out loud you're a conservative. Don't say it out loud. Don't say anything. And so I did a little, uh, a little uh, you know, reconnaissance around the room and uh, and i talked to libs and everybody cuz i don't care we're we're here to celebrate christmas and the holidays and hanukkah whatever and uh, and what i found out in my uh, just brief conversations about half of the people at the party were conservative they were conservative and uh, you know i would occasionally oh i rob cars oh i have heard of you but a lot of well you know don't say it out loud here but i you know, i kind of believe what you believe that's what i got it was it was very interesting it was very and another interesting thing that happened. I'm going to tell you right now that uh, uh, I have always had this mantra with regard to food, and it is that if dessert were made of meat, then I would eat. And I would eat dessert. I quit drinking oh, over a year ago, just for health reasons. Just for health reasons, and I just didn't. I don't know. I just it, it had worn out its usefulness in my life, and I had depended on it too much, and so I stopped. And since then. I, if meat were made of dessert, I would eat des- dessert. It's nuts, and I'm at this. I'm just going to say this real quick because it's like it's like I'm I'm standing above myself, looking at myself, like I'm, I'm I'm Scrooge and I'm looking at me that goes to Christmas future, and I'm seeing me, and and I'm at this party. I had five salted caramels. Four Snickerdoodle cookies, full-blown snickerdoodle cookies. Then I had a I had a Christmas cookie. I never touched Christmas cookies. This thing looked like an, it looked like a Christmas ornament. It was a snowflake and it had this kind of sparkles in this. And it had those little silver BBs that that, that are made of sugar that only children, only toddlers like. And I ate it like I was, like I was a starving man. I broke it in half and I left it there. And I like with shame, I threw it back on the plate. I said, I will not eat you. You cannot make me eat you. It's not right for me to eat you. You and I went in the kitchen and I got another, you know, sparkling water and I came back and I and I picked the cookie up and I ate it. It's just bizarre. I'm going to tell you if you if you quit drinking, it, it's weird. I, I crave sweets. This isn't me. This isn't me. All right, more on Elon Musk, but I want to play our brand-new theme song, all-encapsulating theme song about all the nonsense you've been told you have to believe by uh, the deep state, by the MSM, and by big social media. It's Jim Gossett.
5: Arizona
3: and Corona, Mm -hmm.
5: all the lies about them they've been telling you. You can't say it on social. How did they win it? The freaking Senate. Hey,
3: don't question when the votes
5: that they received were very few. Yeah, Kerry didn't win. Don't catch the stupid. <laughs> don't buy their BS. That climate change is real, inflation's not. Can't say it don't is. Don't catch the stupid. Don't believe them because distraction and diversion's all they got. Yeah, we all, all know. know that Hurricane Ian was the result of global warming. Russian collusion <laughs> led to confusion. That's true. January six is a smokescreen. The new Green Deal Damn. is a disguise. Steal mm. like their mandate forcing you to take vaccine. No. Don't catch the stupid, you just can't do it. Mm-mm. That in women's sports men should compete. No, no, they can't. they're teaching sex ed, I'm in kindergarten. Transgender. Their destructive policies we must defeat. Like wear a mask, don't wear a mask. Statues are fallen, it's so appalling. To ignore Hunter's laptop and his theft. Yeah. Don't catch the stupid. Reject their nonsense. Not real, don't catch the stupid, rejected nonsense. Everything is stupid on the left. Yeah,
3: that is a Jim Gossett, two S's and two T's. Yeah, you haven't been able to say anything about any of those. Because your opinion was suddenly disinformation. This is from uh, Breitbart. Elon Musk drops third set of Twitter files detailing federal involvement in decision to ban Trump. Duh. What did I tell you last week? I said it was going to come out that the feds were involved in banning Trump. Duh. Rob's right again. Yay, Rob! Billionaire, entrepreneur Elon Musk released a third trove of documents detailing the decision of Twitter to suspend Donald Trump permanently and how federal agencies may have been involved. The thread was posted by Matt Taibbi on his Twitter account. We'll show you what what hasn't been revealed, the erosion of standards within the company in the months before J6th. Decisions by high ranking executives to violate their own policies and more against a backdrop of ongoing documented interaction with federal agencies. So the FBI had Hunter Biden's laptop. They knew that the election was coming up. The FBI started formulating a uh, possibility of what would happen. They started saying that the uh, that any questioning of the election months before the election would be misinformation. And then they immediately shut down discussion of election impropriety after 2020. And then they banned Trump altogether. But other than that, nothing to see. This, uh, according to, uh, who is this? Matt Taibbi. After January the 6th, internal, internal slacks showed Twitter executives getting a kick out of intensified relationship with federal agencies. Here's trust and safety head Joel Roth lamenting a lack of generic enough calendar descriptions to concealing his very interesting meeting with partners, meaning the FBI. He met with the FBI. This is Miranda Devine. She has been following all of this nonsense for a while. And they, here she is talking about jim baker who was the chief counsel for the fbi before being relieved of duty because he was involved in shutting down discussion of the hunter biden laptop and censoring it on twitter among others after he left the fbi he and, oh by the way he was also down with the uh, the russia collusion hoax okay with hillary clinton and he left the fbi and who hired him twitter did And he did the same thing at Twitter after Joe Biden was elected. Here's Miranda Dwight.
4: Look, I think the fact that uh, Elon Musk fired James Baker, who um, was Twitter's top lawyer and had been the top lawyer at the FBI during. Other
3: than that, nothing to see here, but everything.
4: Entire Russiagate controversy, and he was right in the center of that and had had to leave. Uh, And then he pops up at Twitter five months before the election. That's kind of weird. It looks very much as if his role was to be the gatekeeper for any information that might be detrimental to Joe Biden.
3: Yeah. And that's why Elon Musk fired
4: him when i first saw it friday night i thought there's one big missing element and that's the fbi intervention when the fbi went to twitter week after week at meetings and told them to look out for a trove of information a a hack and leak operation a dump of
3: in- this is uh, at least a year after they got uh, uh, Hunter Biden's laptop and they knew what was in it and they knew it was
4: real. Information that might happen in October and might be about Hunter Biden. So they pre-bunked our story and uh, James Baker, it looks as if, may have been the person who suppressed any information about that uh, Pre bunking by the FBI, by wow. his old mates at the FBI. Wow. And it looks like Elon Musk has figured that out yeah. and he's fired him.
3: Yeah, the FBI needs to go away. I mean, like permanently. Uh, one more soundbite from Miranda Devine. Uh, by the way, uh, uh, top FBI uh, lawyer Jim Baker went to Twitter. But uh, guess what? It looks like another high-ranking FBI official went to Facebook.
4: Weird. Oh, yes, of course he is. He's a, a very much a creature of the swamp and, uh, you know, canny enough to ensure that there is no smoking gun. But there will be some Talking about Jim Baker. sort of a trail uh it's it, it telling us exactly who was involved in that uh, censorship of the post who hired James Baker I think that's a very important at story too because there was also a lawyer at uh, Facebook uh, Kamala Carlin, another lefty professor who was parachuted in just a few months before the election. And then yeah,
3: no, she wasn't from the FBI, but she was a lefty who was brought in
4: a chief counsel at Facebook before the election. Went to join the Biden administration. What's going on and who's orchestrating all of this?
3: Yeah, um, listen, I know this is. A lot of time been spent on this today, but this is important because your speech has been shut down, my speech has been shut down, your thought has been shut down. You've been told that you've been gaslighted, and and I even saw this morning at something. I said, you know, Merriam-Webster made gaslighting the year award of the year. Another pundit has said, well, yeah, it makes sense. Journalist Michael Schellenberger reported Twitter faced internal and external pressure before banning Trump January the eighth. By the way, that was the third drop this weekend. Former President Trump was banned from Twitter the day after former. First Lady Michelle Obama and others demanded the company permanently remove him, according to the newest Twitter Files installment. On Saturday, uh, CEO Elon Musk and journalist Michael Schellenberger released a fourth batch of Twitter documents that show internal communications by the company's executives between January 6th and 8th, 2021, including and shortly after the riot at the Capitol building. Now, this is uh, Michelle Obama writing. Now is the time for silicon companies to stop enabling this monstrous behavior go even further than they have already by permanently banning this man from their platforms and putting in place policies to prevent their technologies from being used by the nation's leaders to fuel insurrection, is what she said. She added, and if we have any hope of improving this nation, now is the time for swift and and serious consequences for the failure of leadership that led to yesterday's shame, which was January the 6th. She also said that uh, if you don't, I will beat the crap out of all of you. Because if you've seen her in the cocktail dress from behind, she could do it. I mean, my God, if you were like a quarterback going up against that, you'd just throw the ball up and say, I give up. All right, uh, just a couple more things on this. We're going to move next to the uh, the Arizona election uh, fraud suit by Carrie Lake and how I hope and pray that it actually works. And then, of course, the uh, trade of the merchant of death for a uh, drug-addled basketball player. That's coming up. This is The Rob Carson Show.
2: If you don't like his opinion, see the First Amendment and get back to us. It's The Rob Carson Show.
3: this is my favorite christmas song it's been this uh since i was a kid it's Mannheim steamroller version of uh, uh of silent night crystal knocked, not crystal knocked <laughs> that's what the democrats did to washington dc when trump was elected uh silent night is still knocked still knocked and uh, uh it's just a beautiful song and it uh, means a lot to me and um this year, it's, it's kind of interesting. I made the analogy in the beginning of the show that I feel like uh, Scrooge, after he's been visited by three spirits, because uh, it, this is the first Christmas um, since a lot of amazing things have happened to me, and they've happened to me because I was shown the writing on the stone, essentially. Uh, over a year ago, I was I was shown the writing on the stone and what my future, the direction that I was heading, would result in. And... Uh, and I believe that there was, uh, I believe there was some divine intervention involved. Because uh, I shouldn't be doing a radio show. I shouldn't be doing this. My name should be on a stone. I'll give you details as uh, as they progress. But let's just say I had a terminal illness, mental and physical, by the way. So uh, there is uh, there is that. So. If you are struggling, if you're going through a tough time in your life and the holidays are upon us and it does become very depressing when you're down and out or maybe you're out of a job, never question your self worth and never listen to those who say you cannot because you can. You can. You can. All right, uh, one more thing here one more thing about the Elon Musk thingy. You may recall not only did uh, the FBI it turns out collude with uh, Facebook and Twitter and all of social media and the DHS and sequester you know shut down free speech and all that and then there were these idiots who got together these uh, these uh, experts in intelligence these intelligence officials who signed a letter saying that hunter biden 's laptop was absolutely one hundred percent Russian disinformation they did so without ever seeing the laptop knowing what 's in it but they 're just tools of the state. That's why they call it the deep state. Here's what Kevin McCarthy said about going after those individuals and getting them to testify to their uh, lies.
8: Those 51 intel agents that signed a letter that said the Hunter Biden information was all wrong was Russia collusion. Many of them have a security clearance. We're going to bring them before committee. I'm going to have them have a hearing. Bring them and subpoena them before committee. Why did they sign it? Why did they lie to the American public? A clapper, a Brennan. Why did you use the reputation that America was able to give to you more information, but use it for a political purpose and lie to the American public? It's exactly what Adam Schiff has done to us, and this has got to stop.
3: I agree, and uh, let's hope that the fan keeps meeting the feces, and the feces keeps meeting the fan. So, Carrie Lake has filed a 70-page lawsuit to throw out fraudulent Arizona midterm elections claiming hundreds of thousands of illegal ballots, 59% of electronic uh, precinct machine failures, tens of thousands of illicit mail-in ballots. On Thursday, Trump attorney Christina Bob previewed the uh, historic uh, finding. Let's hear, uh, this is what Christina Bob had to say about what is coming.
0: Well, the major takeaway is that Arizona state law precedent says that uh, elections should be discarded or mitigated when the results are uncertain and that's the key phrase uncertain if it's uncertain then it's not certain and so you can't even the
3: secretary of state in arizona the other day signed it and said we are not uh... we are not sanctioning we are not approving of this election i am giving it a signature
0: rely on the results of the election here they're focused specifically on maricopa county the nation is aware that maricopa county had a lot of problems on election day The lawsuit goes into great detail with a lot of facts about problems that occurred in Maricopa County and conflicts of interest that all of the problems seemed to benefit the Democrat candidate. Yes,
3: 100%. 100%. Now, all the stuff that I've said during the show today where I've been 100% right for like a couple years, I just want you to know it's going to get bigger. All of the stuff that I knew was right is going to get much bigger. And it's going to, go, it's going to come raining down on the election results of 2020. Uh, it is going to come raining down on, uh, oh, oh, the election results in Brazil, by the way, which uh, uh, hopefully, God willing, will be uh, overturned. And then uh, the midterms as well. So uh, this according to uh, Jim Hoft of uh, Gateway Pundit. Never in U.S. history has been so much evidence compiled of fraudulent election taking place in the uh, the the filing Cary lake campaign claims hundreds of thousands of illegal votes were counted in the election 59% of maricopa precincts had broken tabulators or printers that's not acceptable that you would approve or 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 give the thumbs up to this election is nonsense that's why Kerry lake literally threatened election judges in and co- counties around arizona with jail unless they certified yes the election of Katie Hobbs is official and it gets bigger and better than that and I'm gonna share some more on this including Carrie Lake talking to Larry Elder she's not taking this lying down and I am with her one thousand percent one thousand percent nonsense time to fight back the light is on and the rats are scurrying last hour of the Rob Carson show right ahead I wouldn't miss it if I were you
2: And aren't down with freedom of speech. Maybe you should move down to Cuba. It's the Rob Carson Show.
3: Here's Carrie Lake, by the way. She's not given up.
1: And they were also working to censor people online, working with the federal government to censor people on Twitter, along with Katie Hobbs, my opponent.
3: Yeah, Katie Hobbs was actually working with Twitter to shut down
1: Carrie Lake. The secretary of state. So we are contesting this election. Uh, They say through their numbers that we lost by 17,000 votes. Nobody in Arizona believes that. They saw the Mm -hmm. movement we have. Everyone, even the Democrats, were criticizing Katie Hobbs for her non-existent campaign. She made Joe Biden look actually like a decent campaigner.
3: And believe it or not, after 2020, they uh, accepted that as the template for Democrat elections. They did that in uh, in Pennsylvania as well. She never showed up. Senate race. John Fetterman, anyone?
1: Never drew a crowd of more than 10 or 15 people right. and um, absolutely didn't even campaign and trying to act like she could beat back a movement like we have. The only thing that, that makes me feel a little bit proud is that they had to go through extraordinary efforts to try to bring down our movement. Yeah. They couldn't do it with the way they did it in 2020. They had to go above and beyond by you can't say that that's disinformation, sabotaging election day, and we will be taking this to court. We're filing a lawsuit tomorrow, and we will be challenging. This.
3: Go. Get them, Carrie. I love you even more. My God in heaven. I love that woman. She's spectacular, and she has bigger cojones than any man in the country in politics. Wow, just wow. According to the uh, filing the, in, the, in the court case, number of illegal votes cast in Arizona's general election uh, far exceeds the 17,000 vote margin between uh, Carrie Lake and Katie Hobbs, by the way. Uh, witnesses who were present at Maricopa County Tabulation and Election Center, uh, Runbeck Election Services, that's a company that did it, and a multitude of Maricopa vote centers as well as other facts meticulously gathered show hundreds of thousands of illegal ballots infected the election in Maricopa County. Maricopa County's public statements concerning remaining ballots to be counted November 9, 2022 and November 10, 2022 show an increase of approximately 25,000 votes with no explanation of why the number of remaining ballots it's good increase. Maricopa County officials also permitted the counting of tens of thousands of mail-in and drop boxes that did not satisfy signature verification. As the, set forth above, the Maricopa County Election Board and the election uh, officers in Maricopa County engaged in misconduct, this according to the uh, suit, that nullifies the election of the result. Now, they have whistleblowers from Dominion and Runbeck, the two companies in charge of the election. They're both saying that there was a bunch of uh bs involved here i'm just i'm just reading the facts here kids just reading the facts all right this is in the lawsuit and i hope that she wins hundreds of thousands now this is according to the lawsuit maricopa county officials engaged numerous breaches of arizona election law in their handling of the custody of ballots making it impossible to conclude that the vote tallies reported by maricopa county accurately reflected the votes cast by arizona voters all right? So there's uh, there's that. I'm trying to find the meat and potatoes here. Um, da, 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 da. Maricopa County uh, Runbeck employee stated that uh, Runbeck received 298,942 ballots on election day, which includes the um, electronic voting ballots. The required chain of custody for these ballots does not exist. Okay? Maricopa County picks up mail-in ballots, takes them directly to its print Vendor Runback Election Services, which is headquartered in Phoenix. The county has still not provided all chain of custody documents from Runback and the Postal Service, by the way. Yeah. And this can mean a lot of things here. Uh, the Arizona Attorney General released a report in April 2022 revealed between one hundred thousand to two hundred thousand ballots were transported in the twenty twenty election without proper chain of custody. It seems to be a modus operandi of the Democrat Party. And check this out. Runbeck, a Runbeck employee who came forward and as a whistleblower, revealed ninety-five hundred thirty duplicate ballots that were transported without any chain of custody. And employees at Runbeck were allowed to add their own ballots and family member ballots to the batch. Without chain of custody. Now, this would mean that they would have no idea whether that employee or employees uh, added 50 ballots or 50,000 ballots that might have been added. Illegal ballot handling and chain of custody failures with respect to over 300,000 ballots make the outcome of the election uncertain uncertain. Maricopa County failed to maintain and document the required secure chain of custody for hundreds of thousands of ballots in violation of Arizona law, including as described below in the suit, for over 298,000 ballots delivered to Runbeck on election day. All right? Now, I this I know this this will make your head spin. And I've got to come in every day and digest this. This nonsense and this malfeasance, but it is a a modus operandi. We know now that it looks like Katie Hobbs was working with Twitter to shut down uh, a number of uh, different things in uh, with with regard to this election. Um, I'm trying to find some more meat in this story. Uh, The fact that no required chain of custody documentation exists for those 300,000 ballots is further confirmed by the sworn testimony of a credentialed election observer... On election day, she observed trucks and vehicles delivering ballots and memory cards from the vote centers and ballot drop boxes. She saw MCTEC workers cut the plastic security seals off the ballot transport containers and let them fall to the floor without any attempt to record uh, record seal numbers. When the transport containers were open, the ballots inside the containers were not counted and therefore no numbers were recorded on retrieval forms. So run back employees were able to add their own ballots to the ballots, among other things, among other things. Also, I'll mention something that's kind of interesting. Uh, Forty days of silence, President Bolsonaro is telling the Brazilian people they uh, will, under, will determine the future. The military will support the people. The military is committed to Bolsonaro, supporting Bolsonaro, and uh, to not uh, acting against the people of the country with regard to election um, protests. Because it was a sham. It was a shakedown. It was a shakedown. So you look at the totality of everything that I've talked about today with what you have been able, literally been told you cannot say what is misinformation and disinformation. And now we know, thanks to Elon Musk, that this was not organic in any way, shape or form, that it started in the deep state. And they had so much audacity and they thought their their arrogance and hubris was so great after you know, the twenty twenty election with Hunter Biden's laptop, the twenty sixteen election with Hillary Clinton and the FBI working with her in creating Russia disinformation. They were so just puffed up on themselves, knowing that they had control of big social media, knowing that they had control of the mainstream media, knowing that anything, they really had gotten to the point where any sort of dissent became disinformation. And I told you that. I told you that. Dissent is not disinformation. But they had so much arrogance and hubris they literally created a department of disinformation and hired a director and we're in the middle of communications with big social media before the election and now we know the truth and now we know the truth it really is just stunning when you think about it (laughs) it's just it's just stunning and it's all coming out it's all coming out i love vindication man I love vindication. It's crazy. Crazy. So uh, there was a lot of uh, talk about Brittany Griner being exchanged for the Merchant of Death Victor Boot. Victor Boot, guy who uh, took $35 billion worth of military equipment for Ukraine and sold it to terrorists so they could go after, uh, well, they could sell them to uh, warring factions in Africa and literally sold uh, missile launchers and stuff, which presumably could be used to shoot down American airliners and the whole deal, and uh, they traded that guy... (laughs) <laughs> for Brittany Griner, a uh, WNBA star who just happened to be a lesbian and uh, also uh, got caught with a vape pen filled with hashi soil. Now, the interesting thing about this, and I said this, I said this is going to pay a target on what Russians or despotic regimes consider to be high-value targets, knowing that the United States will bend over backwards to get those people. They can get away with anything. It's like trading Joseph Mingala for Jesse Smollett. I mean, it really is. Here is uh, uh, Kevin McCarthy with his thoughts on the uh, the the, be- the one of the worst trades. Actually, the one that made Bo Bergdahl traded for five Taliban generals uh, look like a child's play.
8: This only makes Putin stronger. This makes every American overseas now a target. You watch Putin come out the next day and says he's weather- he's ready to do more exchanges. Why? You just took the Merchant of Terror, the yeah. individual that was out targeting American men and women in the service.
3: Can imagine when they presented it to Joe Biden? They're like, "Hey, here's the deal." Um, here's deal. We have deal. You want back this the basketball player? You will have to give us Merchant of Death. And Biden's like, okay, well that's fine. He's like, you've got to be kidding. I mean, uh, of course, of course you will. You will bow down before us, and you will give a. You know, it's that it, they were. They must have been like, no way, they're going to do this. They, they, seriously, they're going to give us the Merchant of Death for for that
8: for her. Are you kidding me? Funding the uh, the guns and others to. kill keep- Kill people for an NBA, NBA, WNBA star that got picked up for marijuana. It is not equal. It harms us. It weakens us. It's exactly what Secretary of Defense Gates has said about President Biden. Every foreign policy decision he's made for the last 40 years has been wrong.
3: Now that uh, big social media can't say that you uh, believing that Paul Whelan should have been uh, traded instead of Brittany Garner, now that social media can't call that disinformation and flag you for it? And and I don't think Facebook would because freedom and everything – but here is uh, MSNBC saying that uh, if you say that a decorated Marine who uh, served his country proudly, who has been in jail for four years, would be a better trade than Brittany Griner, a, a, a pot vaping in, uh, you know uh, leftist who kneeled during the national anthem and demanded that the anthem not be played before her WNBA games. If you say that wasn't a good trade, then you are definitely a racist and a homophobe.
1: And this idea that a Marine was left behind is dangerous, and it can really spark a lot of pushback from people who aren't very interested and, yes. in, you know, finding out the... This
3: outcome. is the same crap they said to you about having any sort of disagreement with CRT or radical transgender ideology in classrooms, that if you criticize, it's putting those people into, into
1: and they're making a into a, a target. ...truth. They're just listening to these talking points, and they're repeating them. So it's intentional disinformation. Oh, then, there we go. Go again people hear that information and then go out and spread misinformation and that's really the problem here and on top of, of the fact that britney griner is a woman of color who of course it's also a gay woman of course so we cannot we cannot take that out of the equation too it's really unfortunate that she has to come home to this
3: the really positive for uh, white guys like me is that uh you're really not that big a deal for a uh, target for kidnappers that's kind of cool right i mean when you go over abroad it's like uh, we can't get crap for him I mean, we need to find a, uh, we need to find a black lesbian. I mean, seriously, whoa, 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 transgender, can we find a transgender? We could get anybody. I don't care who we got in jail right now. If the U.S. has got anybody, maybe Guantanamo Bay, don't even mess with the white guys. I've got a little bit more audio on this. No, actually, yeah, I got a little bit audio after this break, actually. James Carville, and then a story about, um, about uh, redemption and hope. I'm going to share that before the end of the show. I know, crazy. It's a Rob Carson show.
2: Sleepy Joe Joe Biden's been asleep for years This has
1: to be a wake-up call And shine a bright spotlight On anything like this behavior anywhere
2: It's the Rob Carson Show
3: So James Carville, who's been wrong about a lot of stuff, but he's very celebrated in uh, Democrat uh, strongholds. And, uh, you know, as a pundit, he's an author and a whole deal. Generally wrong about everything. Uh, Here is James Carville talking about uh, how uh, racist we are. And this is what Democrats do. They think the worst of America. Whenever possible, they think the worst of America. When a uh, crime happens, they immediately say, oh, yes, because America's racist. America is this. America's mythogynist. America sucks. All that. That's their go-to. Here is uh, James Carville talking about people who would criticize the exchange of the merchant of death for a lousy NBA player who smokes uh, pot.
6: But a lot of this, like a lot of things in America,
0: are, are driven by the fact that this young person is not white and is not straight. And if you don't believe that, you're not in tune with American politics. I'm sorry. I, it, this is something I just have
3: immediately thinks the worst of the American people. This is why James Carville uh, sucks, to be said.
0: Another thing I'd make is most of the people that are criticizing this, not all, are pro-Putin, anti-Ukraine.
3: Is he saying this? uh, our disagreement is uh, possibly Russian disinformation? Oh, by the way, James wrote a book in 2009 called 40 More Years, uh, How the Democrats Will Rule the Next Generation. And in the midterms that year, Barack Obama lost both houses of Congress. So there is that. There is that. Finally, the dumbest thing said all weekend about the trade of the merchant of death for Brittany Griner. And it comes from uh, Sheila Jackson Lee. Honestly, dumb as a box of rocks without the rocks. In fact, barely... The box, like the box, like a small box without a lid. That's how dumb she is. Listen to this. As the facts would tell them. He was sentenced to 25
7: years. He saved, served 11 to 16 years. I don't know. They, I can't remember the exact number. But in actuality, um, his weapons
3: might have been used to kill Americans. He has not killed Americans. There you go. The weapons he sold were, you know, uh, d- you know might have killed Americans. But he didn't personally kill the Americans.
7: In years, I don't know. They, I can't remember the exact number. But in actuality, um, his weapons might have been used to kill Americans. He has not killed Americans. I'm not saying he's not a nasty
3: guy. You know, I mean, Hitler. Hitler didn't actually kill the Jews. That's exactly what she said. That's exactly what she said. But Hitler didn't just walk up and kill the Jews. It wasn't him. Bad guy.
7: But I will tell you that I believe that Americans should know that the sovereignty of their nation will always be behind them and they'll never be forgotten. Oh my
3: God in heaven, I mean, just so stupid. I mean, just so, that's a terminal case of stupid. I mean, no, no, that's just like, Oh my god. Okay, so uh, here's the uh, here's the good news this weekend uh, unless you're a big fan of uh, of uh, uh, Tom Brady. <laughs> Tom Brady and his Buccaneers lost 35 uh, to 7 uh, to San Francisco 49ers. And there's this guy, this young guy named Brock Purdy. And Brock Purdy was the last pick in the 2022 draft. And they called him Mr. Irrelevant. And yesterday, Mr. Irrelevant, who was taken as the final pick in the 2022 draft, recorded three touchdowns in his first NFL start. This is not the first time that a Mr. Irrelevant has shown this season. There's a guy named I, Isaiah Pachinko, Pacheco. Pacheco, For the Kansas City Chiefs, he was working in a McDonald's or a, a Wendy's with his mother in January. He was picked in the seventh round. I think he was 21st. And he's rocking the party. Here is Mr. Irrelevant Brock Purdy talking to Aaron Andrews after the game yesterday.
4: Brock, I don't have to tell you this so much has been made you being the last pick in this year's draft. Well, today that last pick in the draft had this entire crowd chanting his name. How do you even put in put your first career start into words?
6: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> his first career start. Uh, so much help around me, you know, with all the veterans and leadership on this team. So, for me to just go in, do a Kyle ask me and and have the defense make stops, so I, it's not a one-man show. Like, I definitely have a team around me, and I'm just very thankful that I am where I am. So,
3: Earlier this year, I said that Isaiah Pacheco was running for his life, and I mean it. Because when you've been marginalized or you've been underestimated by people around you, and you finally get the shot that nobody was going to give you, it's amazing what can happen, isn't it? Radio did that to me. And it took a, uh, a guy named Chris Ruddy at Newsmax to say, oh, whoa, 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 what's going on? Rob, i tell you what, you go in, you're going to play. Beautiful story, just in time for Christmas. It's beautiful. Let's take a break and come back and wrap things up. It's the Rob Carson Show. That's going to do it for the show, guys. God bless you and uh, your families. And if you're struggling... We're praying for you, and brighter days are ahead. Have a glorious day, and until tomorrow, do not catch the stupid. I'll see you then.